If you are a veteran and have filed a VA disability claim, you have been denied, received a low rating, or you're just unsure of how to get started, reach out to us. Go to DocOnTheRoad.com, linked in our show notes, and take advantage of a free VA claim discovery call. Learn what you've been missing so you can finally get the disability rating and compensation you deserve. Welcome, my brothers and sisters of the uniform. We got a real exciting episode for you guys today. I had to call on some expertise on a number of areas that are seem to be the real hot button for everybody lately. With that, I'm bringing in our quality assurance specialist and the one that actually runs the whole department. His name is Rob. Now, Rob started here as a coach way back in what we call the legacy days and was highly successful and then also became a senior veteran coach and was highly successful in there. But we also noticed that as we were going along, Rob had a number of areas where he's really into seeing trends. He's also into seeing about how the CFR works and the laws and all those different aspects that we use on a daily basis to make sure that we're getting through these claims and getting through them in the proper manner and stuff like that. So he's always the go-to guy that we have that actually helps us with if we have any real big questions. And I figured we were going to touch on some really important ones today, the presumptives, and we're also going to go ahead and hit the real hot topic button now, uh, the PACT Act. But without any further ado, let me go ahead and introduce our resident expert, Rob Nichols. Hey, good morning, Dr. John. How you doing? I am hanging in there, man. We're having a great morning already, and we got a bunch of things planned. So we're getting excited about all kinds of different things going on here. That's awesome. After an intro like that, I'm not even sure where I'm supposed to pick up at. It's all true, so we're good. Hey, listen, I wanted to go ahead and hit presumptives real fast because I see a lot of veterans making mistakes with how they actually understand how the presumptives are and stuff like that. So what is the most important aspect of learning about the presumptives? Yeah, so the one thing that a lot of people forget or fail to realize with presumptives is presumptive in and of itself is not a claim, right? So you have to have a current diagnosed condition that may fall under that presumptive category, right? So you may have a respiratory condition that because you served in Southwest Asia now falls under presumption. So they're not going to ask you to prove that you're around burn pits. It's they're presuming that you were there and that's part of the reason where your respiratory condition came from. And that's really how you have to look at presumptives. So a lot of people get that confused. A lot of people jump to and say, hey, I've got cancer and it's a presumptive and they should just give it to me, but they're not diagnosed or they have the symptoms of cancer, but yet they didn't actually go get diagnosed with cancer or symptoms of IBS, but they didn't get diagnosed with IBS. So presumptions is basically a way for Congress and the VA. It was the way for them to deal with and be able to say, hey, we know there are thousands of veterans coming back with these conditions from serving in this area, right? Or people who did these jobs. And because of that, we're going to go ahead and say, hey, if you had this job or you were in this area and you meet these other criteria for this type of presumption, we're going to go ahead and and tell the VA they don't have to validate your event, right? And that's really what a presumption is. 
Right. That's interesting that, the way you put that, because I see a lot of veterans actually make the mistake. Of, yeah, it should be just given to me because it's a presumptive. And it's like, wait, you still have to have the diagnosis. You still have to have some medical evidence. You still have to have all those other aspects, just like it was a normal type of situation for a claim that they don't really look at. And it's one of those things where, yeah, as a coach, going through that with them, just making sure that they've got all that along with that. Now, something like what the DD-214 or something in their military record would actually show them in those areas. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so sometimes you can have your DD-214 will list where you served, and sometimes it doesn't, right? So good example, you were an airborne ranger. You like to jump out of planes over different countries, right? Your DD-214 will not show every location that you actually jumped because some right. of those were classified missions and some of those you weren't actually stationed there. You may have been stationed in Baghdad, Iraq, and you were just jumping into Afghanistan. A lot of times, what a lot of people fail to realize is it's not all off of your DD-214. So that's where personal statements can come into hand. That's where photographs are sometimes great, newspaper articles, or getting access to your military personnel file. You can access that typically online and your coach can walk you through the process. And in your personnel file, usually you'll have awards or an evaluation or an annual recap from your boss saying, hey, you did really good on this job and you were in this location. And that triggers that, that presumption for that location. But if it is on your DD-214, the nice thing is that's where the VA, they do what's called conceding. So they'll concede that you were there and then allow the presumption to be the one of the three parts of the Calusa Triangle. That's cool. That's cool how that can also play into making your claim a lot stronger and all that. I know we've had a number of conversations about presumptives and stuff like that. And most of it is around burn pits, isn't it? For the Eastern, I guess what you would call the Eastern presumptions. It's mainly burn pits and stuff like that or oil burning. Yeah. So with the PACT Act, they're trying to expand outside of just burn pits. So in the PACT Act, they actually said more specifically, they're calling it toxic exposure and they've expanded for those locations, right? So from August 2nd of 1990, going forward, if you were in Baram or Iraq, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Somalia, the United Arab Emirates, on or after September 11th of 01. You were in Afghanistan, Dubai, Egypt, Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, Yemen, Uzbekistan, or any other of the countries that the VA comes back and says that, hey, we're going to allow for the toxic exposures. For all those locations, the VA has come back and said that hey, we're going to add respiratory illnesses. So it, it could be respiratory illnesses, cancers from burn pits or airborne hazards. So examples of that would be like head cancer or neck cancer, respiratory cancer, intestinal cancer, reproductive cancer, lymphoma cancer, kidney cancer, brain cancer. There's a lot of different cancers that are in there that are all part of that. But then you also go into the cyanitis, the rhinitis. Those are all things that are now tied to that with the passing of the PACT Act that are now presumptive. So it's really opened up that door for a lot of veterans and what claims they can go after. Right. That's excellent. You know, something I noticed too, a huge trend with the VA is if you go in and let's say you're doing a claim for sinusitis. And as you're going along with that, part of the examination, 
you may end up with something you didn't even claim yet, rhinitis. And there's been a huge run on that lately, especially with the VA to where they've been saying, yeah, we're going to go ahead and throw rhinitis in there with that. So what we did here is we go for that simple claim of sinusitis and more than likely it's going to open up all kinds of different areas because of the way these presumptives are and because of the way the PACT Act is written. So it makes it really interesting on how veterans can actually get the help and treatment and all that kind of stuff, but yet also be compensated and rated for those type of conditions. Absolutely. And the one thing that a lot of people forget is they will run around and say, oh yeah, I had a head cold. But a lot of people fail to realize is a head cold is rhinitis. That's what it is. Now it may be acute versus chronic because even though it may be seasonal, if you have it multiple times during that season, now it's chronic. And rhinitis is what I like to call that gateway claim too, because even though you might get a zero, a 10 or a 30% on rhinitis, that opens up that door for cyanitis because now you can get cyanitis secondary and that's a nice high value claim. So that that is absolutely correct on that. Yeah, yeah, I found it really interesting because I know I've had a bunch of wins just recently with clients where they went in for sinusitis and they ended up with rhinitis tacked onto it. And of course, I, those are two separate claims. So they rate two separate ways. And the way it just climbs just can be astronomical. And not to mention, like you said, open up other areas or other secondaries and stuff like that also. And just real quick, since we're on that topic, when you're talking about like Gulf War presumptives and stuff, the one thing that every veteran should definitely go and do is reach out to their local VA and get signed up for a Gulf War exam. It's not a Gulf War registry like what you have for burn pit registries, but it's an actual exam that VHA does, so the healthcare side. But the reason I urge everyone to do that, and I think you guys do too as coaches, is because it gets you in and it gets you that diagnosis. And that's going to help you with your claim. And the nice thing is with the PACT Act is now when veterans apply for a disability that falls under the PACT Act for toxic exposure, they have to get a CMP exam now, right? Even though they may have had insufficient evidence. And really what that means is sometimes, because if you mix in, you know, that Gulf War exam with a diagnosis from that, because they're not going to give a nexus opinion in that, but they're going to say, hey, he has this condition and it could be from Gulf War. And say a veteran goes and files a claim for that. VA is now obligated to require to get a CMP exam, right? Even though you may not meet all the requirements for a CMP exam initially for any other type of claim. And that's where working with a coach is great because they can help you make sure you get all those clues or triangle pieces of evidence so that you can get it fully service connected. But that was one of the big problems with previously before, prior to the PACT Act was you'd go get diagnosed with rhinitis and it was right at say that 10 year mark of ending at, of your active duty service. And the VBA would come back and say, you haven't really proven that it's chronic. And that's the nice thing. That was one of those golden nuggets in the PACT Act is now the VBA is forced to do that CMP exam Instead of saying, we don't think it's chronic, we're going to go ahead and just deny your claim without an exam. And that's even set up for the veterans that have been denied in the past. You can come back at that and attack it because of this new way that they're going about it. So I think it's awesome. And something with that real quick, John, is with claims that were previously denied, if it's within the last 12 months, I mean, they need to file an appeal, right? 
I would recommend doing an HLR appeal. Don't do a board appeal because those are sitting out years out right now. I mean, right now they're sitting almost four years out and that's for direct docket appeals, right? Those are the ones that were supposed to only take 12 months. They're sitting out that far, but you do an HLR if you're within 12 months. If not, you file what's called a supplemental claim. And the nice thing about that is it's going to trigger the VA to reevaluate your claim based off the new PACT Act presumptives. The big thing to remember that it really hasn't been put out there too much is that the VA is not processing any PACT Act claims. So anything that was passed because of the law, right? So say you had your cyanitis claim denied and PACT Act was passed. So now you're filing an HLR. They'll process that HLR and they'll say, yep, you win the HLR, we're going to reopen your claim. They'll do that. But the opening of what they call the supplemental, which is that's how the process works on the VA side is the HLR opens the duty to assist, which creates a supplemental claim in VA.gov. You won't see that open until after January 1st, because right now there is what's called a stay on all processing of any claims that are resulting from the PACT Act. So they'll do the appeal part and get you primed and in order, right? Because they're starting to line up all those people, people's claims but they won't actually process them until start processing them until January 1st. So it's very important to right now get that appeal in or file that supplemental as soon as possible because they're stacking all those claims and they're not going to start processing them until January 1st of 2023. Awesome. Hey, now something else I noticed too, now the PACT Act actually opens up for different veterans in their different eras too. So it's not just that, right? Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So the PACT Act actually covers a lot of different things, right? So for Agent Orange veterans, the PACT Act actually added hypertension and there, there's a couple other ones I can't really pronounce. <laughs> um, I'm not a doc like you, but yeah, there were, hypertension was really the big one for Agent Orange veterans that it opened up to. And even though hypertension is a low value claim, it's the secondaries, so getting that service connected opens up those secondaries for you. And that's always very advantageous for veterans. The other thing about Agent Orange veterans, the big thing for Agent Orange veterans really was they're opening up where the presumption was related to the locations, right? So now it's opened up to Thailand, Cambodia, Laos, Guam, American Samoa, Johnston Atoll as locations for Agent Orange exposure, which is huge for veterans because a lot of those locations that the government has even come back and said, hey, we absolutely agree. Good example, Guam. It was one right. of the store sites for Agent Orange. The C-130s right. flew out of there. They sprayed the Guam base like the, they sprayed it so much. The Agent Orange was rolling off into the sub-base pens, but yet they were denying all the claims except for the security forces members that were marked. It, was, it made no sense. So the PACT Act now opened that up. So for all those veterans that have conditions that are resulting or connected to Asian Orange, and you were in any of those locations, definitely get with the coach to get that supplemental on that HLRN. One of the other things was too, was the PACT Act opened up presumption for exposure to radiation, right? Radiation's always been a very small group of people. Typically it was atomic vets, right? But now it's opened up to any veterans that were part of the cleanup activities 
and Inuak Atoll or participated in nuclear response near Spain, Thrall, Greenland. But absolutely, I mean, those, those are things that, you know, get with your coach because they can say, hey, you are an atomic bet. Let's look at what disabilities are tied to that, that you could be possibly entitled to. That's excellent. And, but again, too, that they're, even if you're doing a claim now, that's going to be pushed off for a little bit before they actually start making decisions on those, right? Or is that one going to be automatic or... So what they'll do is, so good example, I just have had a friend who filed an Agent Orange claim. And Agent Orange claims, you have to remember going into them, it's going to take a year plus to process the claim if it's an initial right. claim. So my friend's claim was actually just recently denied probably about four months ago. Ironically, it was funny. They denied the claim and then literally a week later, they signed the PACT Act. And I was laughing. Right. So they filed an appeal, they granted the appeal, and now he's in that queue. But yeah, they're not going to process them until January 1st, but they will process the appeal part to get you in line for, because remember, they're still going to process all those people. And then on top of that, you've got people that have special scenarios, right? Or situations where they may be homeless, or they may have a terminal illness, they're going to get bumped in front of the line. And then on top of that, that line only goes so far, right? So you get bumped to the front of the end of the terminal illness line. So that's why it's so important to get your stuff in now. That way you're starting to get your place in line. That way, if you do get bumped back, you're not as far back, but you are correct, doc. They're not going to process anything until January 1st. Oh, that's perfect. Hey, man. And now you guys can understand how we actually come about some claims and actually can help out, but you definitely need a coach to get through this. And I really appreciate what you did here, Rob. This is awesome, man. It's great information. And I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. There's still more to come on these two subject areas. And with Rob at the helm of trying to help us all out, we're going to figure these out and be way ahead of the curve on this for our clients. So if you're wanting to be a client, Make sure you go onto our website and you get a coach, sign up with a coach. And if you're wanting me as a coach, make sure that you're doing this on www.docontheroad.com. And also just because you're with somebody else doesn't mean that you can't listen to these. So I want everybody to listen to these and we definitely love you guys. And we really appreciate all the service that you've given to this country. And I think this has definitely been a great episode. And I really want to thank you, Rob for this. Love you guys. And this is Doc out. The VA claims process is a pain. Many veterans struggle for years trying to increase their rating or even getting rated at all. Most are not getting the compensation they deserve. Here at VA Claims Insider, we've supported and educated more than 25,000 veterans to win their claims and increase their ratings. Now, it's your turn. Schedule your free VA claim discovery call with Dr. John by going to docontheroad.com, linked in our show notes. You'll learn what gaps you need to fill and how to increase your rating.